Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Viking Hot Takes. Uh, you you aren't seeing incorrectly. Uh, Flip is on uh, another airplane traveling the world, uh, giving the rest of the world his hot takes. So in his stead today, we have sports guy Rye, a.k.a. Ryan Ortega, with us. And we are going to do the usual thing. Uh, we are going to go through... Uh, we, we have halftime of the Thursday night game. Not quite as entertaining as the Bucks uh, and Cowboys right now, but uh, since we're in the break, we are going to go through. And uh, Ryan, how are you doing tonight? Welcome to the show. You know, I'm doing great. I'm riding a high right now. We had a, uh, a legal high here. We had uh, my son's third grade football team uh, had a game tonight uh, that I coach, and we he they pulled off a win as uh, as basically time expired essentially. So it was a very it was a very uh, fun and exciting win for for the young guys here. So I love it. It's a it's a it's another Minnesota miracle. We love we love it. Uh, uh, yeah, I I had some coaching tonight as well. Got the third grade uh, soccer. I didn't have a good result, but we still had a lot of fun. But uh, enough. As long as they're learning and having fun, that's all that matters. Exactly. But here, uh, yeah, speaking of losing, let's talk about the Vikings for 20 minutes. So if you are ready, Producer Dave, let's uh, get 20 minutes on the clock and ask our first question here. And we got three, two, and one. All right. My first one's pretty easy. It's it's early in the season. There's 16 more games, but I got to say it. After the week one loss in Cincinnati, on a scale of one to ten, how high is your panic meter after the week one loss? Yeah, uh, you know, I, actually, it is kind of high, unfortunately, because I looked at the schedule before the before the uh, season even started, and I said we're going to have to work our tails off to get to two and two, uh, just mm-hmm. given the schedule that we have with the card. Or I mean, obviously, we had the Bengals, the Cardinals, uh, Seahawks, and, and Browns, and I knew the Browns and Seahawks were going to be tough. I thought these first two games were going to be winnable. Uh, the fact that we laid an egg on that first game and allowed the Bucks to get up on us early and then weren't able to make the full comeback all the way, um, it, it, it makes me feel like two and two is not even possible. It is possible, but it's going to be a much harder road to get there. And uh, I think we're going to have to scratch and claw to get to even one and three. So my panic button probably is going to be sitting at a six, six, seven, which is, again, High panic for me because I understand that it's a long season. We have a lot of opportunities, a lot of things that can happen between now and then that we can really uh, make a difference, uplift ourselves. What's going to end up happening is we're going to get down early. We're going to get ready to tank. And then Kirk's going to lead us on like this incredible six, seven game win streak and put us right back in the thick of the thing, uh, just like he did last year. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's it's they they started one and five last year and had a pretty good shot at making the playoffs despite the whole defense basically falling apart. The defensive side should be a little better this year. Uh, they were kind of up and down in week one, but yeah, I mean I I personally I don't I don't think this is you know it's season's over after week one. It it was a very disappointing loss and again this the opening stretch of games this is the one you kind of felt like you needed to have to get just to tread water through those first the first month of the season. And I'm personally probably at about a seven and not because I think the season is doomed and the Vikings are going to go four and 13, but I'm panicking that much after week one, because I guess 
after what we saw in week one, I really don't see how they're going to get anywhere outside of that mediocre middle. Like they, they're just not going to be terrible. I, I mean, the floor with both Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins just isn't that low, in my opinion. There, there, there's too many good pieces on this team. But on the other side, too many things kind of have to go right for this team to be a serious contender, in my opinion. And they've already put themselves behind the eight ball with that week one loss in Cincinnati. And so, again, I'm not panicking really because the season is over. I'm just panicking because it feels like we've seen this movie before. And to be honest, I think a lot of people are getting sick of it. And that's that's really where I think we're getting stuck here is people, you know, the, the fire Zimmer train is is back up and running uh, just like it kind of left off last year. And again, I think Zimmer is a very good coach, but it, it just seems like with the way this team is built, it's, I, I have a hard time seeing this. And of course that, you know, the, especially with the, the limited practice the teams have and everything and to get through all the preseason and, you know, ba- people are barely playing it. You know, there's definitely room for improvement and you don't really want to judge a team until they're about a month in. But the Vikings, like you said, like there's there's a very good chance four and four in the face after a month, and that's almost impossible to overcome. So, yeah, it's yep. uh, it's it's scary times. It it, it made uh, Sunday's game a lot more important. So, what's your first question, Ryan? Yeah, well, you know, going back to Week One, you know, what concerns you most about our Week One performance? Uh, and to that answer, a sub question to it is: Is it fixable, or is it an ongoing issue that we need to work around? Well, I mean having 20 offensive snaps with 11 or more yards to go, basically being, being behind the sticks on almost a quarter of your offensive snaps. Um, that's probably a bad thing. You don't want to do that. And I mean, but no NFL offense does. I mean, outside of maybe the chiefs that can play that far behind the chains all day and expect to have a ton of success. You know, that's, it's a really, they, they shot themselves in the foot way too many times to win the football game. And it was nice. They came back forced overtime, but they never should have been in that position if they just would have played, a half decent game. And I think, you know, especially with the Vikings offensive philosophy, along with their respective strengths and weaknesses, how that offense is built, they are just not built to play behind schedule and behind the chains. They need to be in that second and third and favorable. And as soon as they get in that second and 15 and, you know, first and 20, and I mean, it happened so many times, especially in that first half. I mean, the one thing is the nice part about that, the penalty should be mostly fixable. I mean, especially if the refs stop calling false starts where CJ ham, you know, twitches or whatever that one i still breathe he, he literally yeah, exactly. breathed. <laughs> i i think i've had farts that move me more than what cj before. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was pretty bad but i mean other than that i mean but yes the penalties are fixable and especially week one they're then and, and that refereeing crew is is known for calling a lot of penalties but is Bear, garrett bradbury suddenly going to get better at uh not getting bull rushed by nose tackles or is rashad hill going to prove after all these years that he's better than just being a backup swing tackle. So, I mean, that's obviously, I just don't see improving a whole lot. So, I mean, get better, get well soon, Christian Derrissaw. That's kind of all I have to say, but so yeah, some of it's fixable and they need to be in more favorable positions and they can hide the things that they can't change. Like their, their, their weaknesses that still happen to be on the offensive line. And if, but if they get in more favorable positions, they can, they can hide that a lot better with the play action, with the rollouts, with pounding the ball with Delvin cook. So again, it's, this team is it's been this way for quite a while especially with this offensive line if the vikings are up 10 they are almost a completely different team on offense than they're when they're behind 10 yep. it's it's it really it really has a lot to do with game script so if they can come out and kind of dominate the the time of possession and keep kyler murray and Kyler Murray in that offense off the field, sure, maybe they have a chance, but it's 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 a uh, it's a tough hill. So it's what's what concerns you most about uh, the Week One game? 
Um, I mean, obviously, to your point, obviously, the penalties and and just getting down 14 to a team like the Bengals uh, is concerning. But I, I'm going to go a little off, not off script, but I'm going to go a little uh, deeper here. And, you know, obviously, we were down in distance quite a bit. And so we were throwing a little bit more than we, um, you know, typically anticipate to. And so two, my, my, I'm going to answer in, you know, twofold here. Number one was the play calling because Clint Kubiak did not play to Kirk Cousins' strengths very often in terms of doing straight drop back passing. That's not what Kirk can do. He's not very good at it. Our offensive line's not good enough for us to yep. be able to handle that. And so to just drop back, you know, three, five, seven step drops and just try to sling it, that's not our game. We need more pre-step motion. We need to confuse that defense just a little bit yes. so we can get a half second uh, advantage, not even a half second, even a quarter of a second advantage to um, allow our receivers to get open and to allow our, uh, you know, our um, offensive line to get into a better pass set. Uh, so that's number one. Number two is the fact that Kirk Cousins had an average depth of target of, I think it was around six yards. And for us being in down and distance, you know, I think our average down and distance was 10 yards throughout the whole game, which is just astronomical. Um, that's crazy. For us to be able in, in that position, and we're only our average, you know, depth of target is six yards. That's unacceptable. I think he, uh, I think Nick Olson last night on Vikings Happy Hour pointed out that he made a, a nice attempt at like a nice deeper pass and took a chance on more of a one on one. I think it was to Jefferson or it might have been Thielen, um, and it was incomplete. It was a pass breakup, and after that, he kind of just cut it out. He'd stop taking those risks. And I think you need to be a little bit more aggressive, Kirk Cousins, and um, and try to put us, you know, take more risks. And even if that turns a turnover, even if that, uh, you know, just give us a chance. You know, when you're when you're third and 12 and you're throwing it a six yard, you know, dump off to CJ Ham, you know, it's not going to work. I don't even think it was CJ Ham, but, you know, it, it, it just that's not going to get it done for us. Even the KJ Osborne play, I know, is like 20 third and 23 or something like that. So yes, you're trying to play field position and he made something out of nothing. That's super right. rare. So we really need to, I think, take more chances. That's, that's, I, you know, what I'll have to say. And it is fixable, but I just don't know if Kirk Cousins philosophy is fixable in that sense. So we'll see. Yep. That, that'll be a, a big part of it. I think next week. All right. So for my second question, what do the Vikings need to do to slow down Kyler Murray and the quote unquote video game offense? Um, I think it's going to take a lot of prayers to God and <laughs> no, um, I, you know, I think that you can slow him down as much as I hate to hear that I say this because I'm a big Kyler Murray stan. Um, you can slow him down if you can uh, play more contain, you know, so have, it, it shouldn't necessarily be about um, trying to get after the quarterback, so to speak, from a defensive end standpoint. I think we really just need to try to play the edges, not let him break contain from that standpoint, utilize Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson and Sheldon Richardson and Everson Griffin, if he plays to generate pressure up the middle and try to contain him that way not letting him get too far outside the tackle boxes uh, that'll allow us to um, you know, hopefully be able to contain at least some of the, yeah, the, the, the rushing he's going to do and the scrambling that he can do to really create the time for his receivers to get open. If we can do that, I think because that pressure up the middle was happening this week um, or last week, I should say with the Bengals. So if we can continue to generate that and just kind of contain him within the tackle box, I think we have a chance at least limiting some of the big plays that they're going to do and essentially force them to dink and dunk. And I don't think they want to do that. That's not Kyler Murray's game. He wants to chuck and 
Huckam Chuckam football. And uh, so if we can, again, contain that, I think we have a decent chance of slowing down that offense. Yeah. And in, in the comments, we have people uh, mentioning that Eric Kendricks is potentially out. So you know, the first thing would be nice to, to have your starting linebackers. That's a really nice thing to, to slow down a loaded offense like that. <laughs> but, uh, that might not be the case the way it sounds, as of, at least on Thursday here. Hopefully, uh, Barr and Kendricks are available, but it's it's not sounding great at the moment because both of them missed practice. But um, other than that, it, I think you really hit it. It's it's it's. That the one thing that you can kill that can kill you with Kyler Murray is over pursuit, and that's one thing that Everson Griffin has been kind of caught doing every once in a while. If if you run past him, if you if you're not containing that edge and keeping basically everything in front of you, you're in trouble. You might be in trouble even with when you are because I mean Murray made a couple of plays in that Tennessee game where it's like you just kind of throw your hands up and like good job. I mean they played yep. good defense and he just beat it. So it but you you want to force those plays as much as possible, I think. You, it, he's they're going to get some yards. He's going to make a couple plays that you're going to throw your hands up and say good job. But especially on you know getting off the field on third down and when the Vikings have the ball on offense. I know it's a cliche but it's like keep keep Kyler Murray on the sidelines. That's the best way to play defense yep. against him. You don't have to play it. And they you know they're going to have to make their drives count on offense too. So it's it's going to be a team effort. It's not just going to be the defense. So I think that's a a, a big part of it. So all right, for your next question, we're already over halfway so we got to keep cru- cruising here. So Yeah, I, we got to roll. Love your, I love your next question though. Go ahead. <laughs> so how many more kicks in a row does Greg Joseph need to make to prevent your heart from pumping out of his chest? I uh, I have an exact number for this one, and it is he needs to make 39 more in a row because he already <laughs> has one, which is great. It's over 50 yards. That was a great start. He's one for one, made all his extra points. But until he passes Gary Anderson's record of the 39 in a row before he missed the one in the 1998 NFC Championship game, I can't feel comfortable. It's the Vikings kickers. The special teams, it was a wonderful start. I think they were the top-rated unit in – and pro football focused kicker and punter. Awesome. Special teams coverage. Great. But especially kicking when it comes to the Vikings, you put that purple Jersey on. It is like a cursed amulet for some reason. It doesn't matter who you are, or who you were, who you were a great kicker with before. So yes, it's a great, um, it's a great start for Greg Joseph, uh, but it, it is one, just one long field goal and uh, a few extra points. I need to see a lot more before I start, you know, I can start not watching through my fingers. How about you? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I asked this question hoping you had a really good answer, which you did. Uh, I don't have a great answer. I think if he can, uh, you know, make another like three more clutch kids, kicks or, you know, actually four more because I want a total of five. That 50 yarder was clutch uh, and he actually made that twice. So that that makes me feel better because as soon as he made that first one, I was like, there's no way he's making the second one. And I even texted my buddy and I was like, there's no way he's going to make it. And he did. So um, I need to see four more clutch kicks. And so I'm not talking about 30 yard field goals. I'm not talking about whatever. I want to see end of half, end of game, game tying, game winning kicks to, to feel comfortable with Greg Joseph. Yeah, we want some more of that 2012 Blair Walsh because that's the last time I felt comfortable with the kicker. His rookie yeah. year, <laughs> ever since then, it has been an absolute disaster. All right, so for my final three questions, uh, pretty simple one. Who are your key players on offense and defense? Give me, give me one of them that's going to be one of the uh, the most important players on each side of the ball on Sunday. Yeah, I'll give you one one on each side. And uh, the first one is offense, is Rashad Hill. Um, and, again, I don't need you to play all pro level. I don't need you to play even, you know, uh, Pro Bowl level. I need you to play middle of the road starting 
left tackle. I need you to be number 16 out of 32 left tackles this week because you have the hardest matchup you'll probably have in your career in Chandler Jones, who just came off of five sacks. So we need to be able to put up a fight, get in his way a little bit, give Kirk a little bit more time. And hopefully we're scheming around this with a quick passing game and some screens and things like that. But Chandler Jones, a force to be reckoned with. And if we do not um, help or if he can't be competent enough to do it, we're going to really need to give help. And then that just leaves J.J. Watt, Xavier Collins, and and uh, Isaiah Simmons to free reign as well. So we really need to – a lot of what our offensive scheme um, will do this week is based on that, I think. Um, on the defensive side, I think that we really need a big game from uh, – from, um, why, why am I drawing a blank now? Opposite Patrick Peterson on the other side, why am I drawing a blank? Breland. Um, Breland. I don't know why I was drawing a blank there. Uh, see, Breland, we need a big comeback game from him. He hey, rated he, 100 he out of 100. He didn't show up week one either. So he didn't show up in your head right there. He didn't show up week one either. So, yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, he was 100 out of 100 from a cornerback rating on Pro Football Focus. Um, and I know he's a better player than that. I know that. Um, he's, I was very excited about the signing, very excited about him coming out of college. So very excited to see him bounce back. We need him to, because we, they have a plethora of weapons on the outside and we need to be able to manage that as we're trying to manage Kyler Murray as well. So those are my two key players. How about you? I actually, on my notes, I, I, I had a backup for each one and those were my first for either both as well. Cause that I had to, I am totally <laughs> simpatico with you there that uh, Rashad Hill, yes, needs to be not actively terrible and same with Breland. I mean, those like the, the wide receiving core for the Cardinals is better than the Bengals and the Bengals had a really good wide receiving core that, as we saw, I see flip in the, in the comments. What, what's he, what's he doing here? Like he, he's, he's not hosting the show, but I see a flip Mozzie. I don't know if someone's impersonating or whatever, but anyway, um, <laughs> I think so for, for my backup ones, I just, I, I think I need a confidence game out of Bradbury, just something where he's mm-hmm. not getting bullied around. And again, I don't, the, it's not the PFF grade. It's, it's, it's coming through against these opponents where like it, it's, he just can't have these disastrous plays where he's just getting shoved into Kirk Cousins like that. So that's, that's, not, I mean, but it's in the same vein. It's this, the offensive line just can't kill the Vikings like they have been for yep. the better part of last half decade. Um, I think on defense, uh, it'll be interesting to see, I, I think Daniil Hunter is going to be fine. He's going to get his pressures. Uh, I've actually, it, it just for as good of a preseason as Hunter was having and like how much he was back, I was almost a little disappointed that he didn't do more damage against Cincinnati. But I think it's it's the other side. I, th- I thought Wanham wasn't, wasn't that great in week one. I thought Weatherly was nice. He had a couple of nice stops against the run, but I think he only played 17 snaps and only three of them were pass rush, so we didn't really see much of that from him. But it's they're just going to have to bring it from both sides because if if you have one uh dangerous pass rusher you know that's that's what's so tough about the cardinals if you if you really double up on chandler jones with all the chip blocks you still have to worry about jj watt who's still pretty darn good so yeah. i think and but yeah i i'm i was totally with you on on the choices you had too because those are those are obviously the weak points on either side of the ball and they got to shore that up all right got a little yep. bit of time for, for your last question go ahead all right what matchups excite you most with our upcoming tilt with the cardinals um, I think 
you got to go with Patrick Peterson on the, well, on defense, right? Like that's it, it's his old team. It's all his, old, you know. It, even though that he never played with AJ Green because he just came over, but like Christian Kirk and Hopkins, I mean that is a really good one, two, three punch of wide receivers. And especially with Kirk, you know, I, I doubt he's going to line up with Kirk because uh, that'll be Mackenzie Alexander is going to have a tough matchup there. But I I think just having him back and you know that the Cardinal fans are a little salty with him. That like I've seen some Twitter activity where they they didn't really like how. Peterson really really laughed and they they think he's kind of washed up so I think this is a big prove it game for you know to be that main cornerback in the Zimmer defense to, to step up and prove it and um you know it again he, Peterson had an okay it was a pretty uneventful week one I thought because they didn't really have to go against him of course he had some debate on whether he allowed three catches or one catch or whatever from whatever however PFF uh, ranked his targets, but I think he's going to have a bigger role this week, whether he likes it or not, because they're going to be throwing that ball all over the place. And I think on the other side of the ball, the one we, you already touched on it on the on the deep ball stuff, it's Cousins against Buda Baker. Like, is is he going to take those risks? Is he going to throw it downfield, take more deep shots? Because the Vikings offense, they, they're going to have to. I mean, they, they have some pretty favorable matchups with Thielen on the outside. Their, their corners played pretty well against the Titans, but I think that's. Those are the, the the two matchups on either side that I'm most excited because the Vikings have to stretch the field and Peterson has to help uh, the, prevent the Cardinals from stretching the field. All right, we got a minute left. What are your favorite matchups here? Yeah, you know, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of that is, uh, you know, I'm really excited to watch our receivers against their corners. They have Byron Murphy, and that's about it from my recollection of quality corners that they have on their offense or on their defense. We also said this about – the Bengals last week with the Wuzier and, and uh, Eli Apple. So hopefully we can actually take advantage of this. We're going to have a lot more one-on-one coverage because that's the type of defense they play. So we're going to have to uh, make sure that we exploit those with good route running and Kirk taking chances on some 50-50 balls because he's going to have plenty of them to work off of. And then on the other side, I'm excited to watch my boy Kyler Murray against this defense. Again, I, I obviously want us to win. I'm going to cheer for us to win. But I do want to see how we can uh, compete with this high-end elite talent at quarterback, I think he's elite because he is a hard matchup and he's going to give us nightmares. So hopefully Zimmer's got an answer for him. Look at that. Ryan, Boom. You, you handle the timer like a savvy veteran. Got all the hot takes out right at the buzzer. Uh, wonderful first show. We appreciate you filling in so much. Thank you, everyone, to, in the comments. We had Viking Jerome. We had Dan Hanneman uh, giving his takes left and right. Uh, and thanks to Creed our producer, yeah, yeah, I love the Creed Humphrey shout out. Um, we really appreciate you guys watching along. Uh, obviously, this is not the only show in the Climbing the Pot. Uh, pocket slash daily norseman network you got to check out the shows we got something going just about every night of the week uh dave is uh producer extraordinaire most of these shows so stay tuned for lots more uh like subscribe ring that bell on on youtube if uh if you're liking what you're seeing and check out all the other shows on the network as well and we are hoping for a better result it's uh probably a better opponent but the vikings have to play better too right so we'll we'll, yep. we'll see. Um, uh, yeah, let's let's see if uh, the Vikings stay out of that dreaded 0-2 hole because the the percentages go way down for the playoffs after that. So, Ryan, thank you once again for for being on the show and filling in for Flip. Uh, even though Flip apparently showed up in the comments, but uh, it, it was great <laughs> having you on. And uh, let's let's have some fun on Sunday afternoon. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you for watching or listening. 
As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Let's go, everybody.